Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Central Intelligence, directed by Rawson Marshall Thurber and released in 2016. The plot of the movie goes something like this. After he reconnects with an awkward friend from high school, a mild-mannered accountant is lured into the world of international espionage. Well, yes. apparently saving the world takes a, a little heart and a big Johnson. The greatest tagline of this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we saw this movie today. Um, I don't know what I was expecting out of it. I was kind of expecting expecting it to be kind of gross but sometimes funny. Uh-huh. But it wasn't that. And I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well, I'd only seen um, the one episode of Top Gear I watched in this new season. Kevin Hart was a guest on and they showed the clip of them looking into each other's eyes in the therapist's office, you know, the mm. bit you hit your wife. Um, and I'd seen that clip and I was like, oh, I, in, out of context, um, that was kind of like, okay, this looks like it's going to walk a bit of a line with some jokes and I'll just have to kind of um, suck know, it up. Yeah, suck it up and enjoy it. But actually that was like probably the most iffy joke in a film was actually really funny yeah well i'd only seen see i'd only seen the stuff of like him being teased as a fat kid and then him being buff when he was an adult and so you're like oh yeah that's hilarious mm. um which uh, that was sarcastic <laughs> but I, I was not terribly impressed with that but then the movie kind of it it's um not fat phobic no and i thought it would be um there's a lot of stuff like that where like i feel like it was just not marketed the way that the movie is yeah well because it's the rock. The rock really doesn't go mean generally. Um, I know, but but the thing is, like, he didn't write it. No, no, um, I, I it know was that. written by, or it was co-written by Ike Barinholtz, who was the uh, love interest in Sisters, mm -hmm. which we saw. Yeah, was that last year or this year? It was early this year, I think. Okay, who also apparently is going to be in Suicide Squad. But yeah, um, I you know, and actors do what actors do. They're in movies, right? I I just I've noticed with The Rock, he's when it, when he puts his name to something, he does tend to set a tone, mm. and his tone is very anti meanness. Um, he, yeah, he and can, Kevin Hart is not exactly known for anti meanness. No, so. Kevin Hart's known for like, um, well, yeah, like jokes about being married and women and men are different kind of stuff, mm, which is yeah. what I was worried was going to happen, but actually was not what happened. And I would have liked and to I see did more actually, of the wife. Yeah, me too. Um, and I was when I when he was interviewed on Top Gear talking about he, I was actually quite impressed by him and his mm. jokes. Most of his humor was actually directed at himself. Mm -hmm. So I, I think I may have got a mistaken impression of Kevin Hart. I like that he wasn't um, afraid to make fun of himself in this movie as well. But mm. neither of them were. But I think The Rock went more out there with his um, the unicorn shirts and bum bags. And oh my god! <laughs> it's just like that, that. I love. I just. I want to be friends with Bob Stone. I want him to be friends with me. I feel he like he cracked me up. You I and Bob so Stone sweet. would make great friends, I think. <laughs> I loved him. I just thought he was the best. Yeah. Like, and all these things that everybody was like, oh, it's so off-putting. And I'm like, he's so adorable and hilarious. Yeah. Uh, there were definitely, he's very like in your face, but I suspect you would enjoy that about him. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I think I would like him. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I would I'm, mind all that stuff. I think you would. <laughs> um from the from the very first scene where he and and uh, Kevin Hart's character, Jet Calvin, thanks <laughs> CJ, yep, um, go out for drinks. I couldn't remember his real name for such a long time because he kept calling him Jet, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, maybe that's his. Like I knew it wasn't his name, but it just became well, his name kept, in my he, head. He was either CJ or Jet the whole time. So yeah, I can understand why he might not have got his name. Yeah, it was just kind of um, but yeah um, and and he was funny, you know um, mm. but like. 
he was playing the straight man, which I think worked better. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also some there are some action scenes in this movie that are genuinely good action scenes too. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the action scene where they're in his office is a great scene. Yeah, there's this camera on the he he gets put into this um what is it Ma- like a, a trolley mail cart? thing mail yeah. cart yeah and uh, the camera on the mail cart works really well. Mm-hmm. They use that quite a bit in a way that's not distracting. It works well for the scene and there's um it's really fun. Also. There are a couple of uh, smaller roles and cameos in this movie that were exciting. Um, the moment that I knew I was going to like this movie was Ryan Hansen shows up on screen. <laughs> Ryan Hansen from Veronica Mars, who played Dick in Veronica Mars and is playing a very similar role in this movie. And he showed up and I was like, oh, my God. I was so excited because I had no idea that he was in this. No. I think that was what was so delightful about this. Like, we just, I, we just didn't know what we were getting. And yeah. it turned out to be great experience which i mean you know we always like the rocks movies and we always have fun when we go see them but i think both of us were a little bit kind of concerned about this because of the kevin hart factor and um not a problem at all yeah um also we're going to talk some spoilers like from up till now we haven't but i'm going to talk some spoilers now because you want to talk about the other cameo (laughs) there's a cameo in this end the end of this movie that i am shocked that i have not been spoiled for because melissa mccarthy shows up (laughs) as the rocks love interest at the end of this movie and i was like what? That's crazy! Like, and we both squealed, and the yeah. people next to us were like, "No!" Because, but, but the, yeah, the, the the woman in front of us though really enjoyed fart jokes. <laughs> like, there was one bit that he was talking about, like how he didn't have any shit in him. Yes, he was scared and, shitless. Yeah, and she could not stop laughing at him just making like fart noises. That was funny though. That it was, was gen- that you, was a good. You improv. laughed, but the woman in front of us was like like cackling at the. Then again, I laughed for like a good couple minutes at. The rock in pajamas that were too small for him. So. You did, yeah. So, <laughs> that, but that's the thing. There's like jokes for everybody in this. Yes. Like, there's there's that broad fart humor. There's also like physical jokes, like the rock wearing pajamas that are way too small for him, and, and reference jokes that, like, mm. when he he says at one point that you look like Hercules, and we both laughed because mm-hmm. um the movie Hercules. Yeah, that he was and in. there's a joke about the him like. There's a rock joke in there as well. I think there might be jokes about his other movies too. But there's a joke that says "rock hard," but the, mm. the actual the rock joke is in the in the um outtakes, in the outtakes yeah, which were hilarious. Um, one of the best parts of the movie is they have a little like gag reel before the credits, and it's well, very. Funny. One of the best parts of the movie was. Um, both Kevin Hart and The Rock mucking about on Instagram when they were filming it like yeah. a year and a half ago because and some of that it comes back in the um, outtakes at the end as well. Yeah. Um the the um the gag reel bit, I thought they could have done that during the credits. Because this was like really boring credits. Well yeah, because there was yeah, that's it. There was like a beginning credit, a gag reel and then nothing. Yeah, I think I think they should have done that during the credits to make the credits more watchable because the music they played was not very interesting during the credits. And then they ha- it's because they Ghostbusters to- has set a new bar in credits. No, but just in general, I think credits at least the song should be fun, you know, because mm. um, we always sit through the credits. But also, this movie had a weird thing where it seems like the song they picked was not quite long enough for the credits, and they went into a bit of score that didn't match at all the tone that they had set for the rest of the credits. Mm. And then there was like a voiceover bit right at the end that I didn't catch what the word was, and I was like, "What are you guys doing?" Mm. It was really strange. Oh, the anyway. voiceover right there—that was Fanny, as in Fanny Pack. Uh. Fanny, yeah. When he's trying to talk, talking up, talking up fanny packs. I see. Yeah, I didn't pick that up. Anyway, which Australians call bum bags because fanny means something different here. Yes, um, but yeah, it was it was really cute. I thought they could have brought that joke back a bit more that it, like everything was in the fanny pack. The fanny pack. Well, and and that's also a joke about that famous photo of the Rock wearing a fanny pack. 
Yes, um, um, which is which is why there's all these different levels of humor and different kinds mm. of humor. So yeah, like big broad stuff, and then you know shoot them up silly action scenes and yeah, funny stuff. Yeah, I, I did think that like not only was the movie not offensive, but when people were offensive, they were punished for it in this movie. Yep. Like um, the Dick gets um tasered when he implies that the the CIA woman might be a stripper. Mm-hmm. He gets tasered, and uh, any basically anybody who like is rude to other people at all gets punished for it very quick, fairly quickly mm. in this movie, which was and interesting. Then, yeah, and they're often white guys. I noticed who get punished. Yes. Um, so you, we don't see, like, women suffering horrible violence or black I think men suffering was, violence. I do think there was a woman in the CIA team. There were very few women in the CIA teams, but I think there was one when they were oh, like escaping. a henchwoman, yeah. yeah. I, I always get really excited when I see hench female, you know, henchmen or henchwomen yeah. or whatever because you so rarely get to see them. They're always just big dudes. Yeah. At least they, I mean, they did have the the one, like, the main CIA person was a woman, which mm-hmm. was good. And her character was interesting too because – there's a twist in this movie that is not a twist at all. That like The Rock's ex-partner was the this had faked spy. his own death and then he's a really yeah. a spy. Yep. Um and like so the, he the, was a spy, but he he he's now a whatever it is, double agent, I guess. What he's now a bad he's guy. Selling, he's selling whatever. secrets. He's a traitor. Anyway. Um but he's um the black badger <laughs> the whole time. I was like, a Hufflepuff would never do these things. Mm. But uh yeah, there was a whole subplot and he was played by Aaron Paul. Yes. So and as soon as he showed up in this flashback, you're like, "Oh, Aaron Paul," and you immediately you realize that he is going to come back again. Yeah, and that he's not really dead. Yeah, exactly. It's it's this really um, obvious obvious twist, but we have seem to have different opinions over whether or not. Well, you see, I I think this is the way these kind of movies get made is that they're not really about the plot, which is very basic, very simple, and they don't want to have a difficult plot to distract you at all. And it's all about the laughs and the rom- the bromance and the friendship and all that kind of stuff. So th- my my theory was that it's like, I mean, obviously it's a twist, but it's for like their ca- the characters, not for the audience. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think they genuinely think the. I mean, I do also agree that they they're not getting these things made on plot, um, and. It's not the important part of the movie, but I also think that they thought they that they did that thinking them that the audience wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I think uh, they definitely wrote it that the audience wouldn't know. Yeah, um, I'm not sure whether well, after mean, they cast it they would still think that, but I mean, I, I because they they do like proper kind of um, fake reveals, and there's this bit at the end where the Rock could still be the bad guy and stuff. I don't think they would do that if they thought the audience knew about it. Yeah, yeah. I just, is, I just think it was sort of like, like I don't know. It's sort of not the point. Because the scene up above, uh, up above ground, mm. where um, where the rock where is the, talking yeah. to, and he does the "I'll see you on the other side," and then mm. he turns around and his face drops. That's not played for Kevin Hart's character. That's played for us. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's possible. It's possible that it is meant to be a twist and stuff. I, I just figured as soon as Aaron Paul turned up that he was probably bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the best known guest star principle part. Basically, yeah. But it's also like every time in this movie they would they would do all of these scenes where you couldn't see the person at the beginning of the scene mm-hmm. and every single time except for Jason Bateman I knew who it was. Yeah. Because um there, there's also one where um Bob poses as their marriage counselor. Well, we didn't know it was going to be Melissa McCarthy till we saw her face. That's true. We we, that th- is we, true. I, we were kind of like it's going to be someone famous, but we couldn't quite work. we until we saw her face we didn't know who it was going to be. Right, because I thought well partly because the trope would be that she also lost a lot of weight and i'm, well, that's I'm really what glad was they so didn't good do about that. it yeah, exactly is she got really pretty and stuff but she didn't lose weight yeah exactly i mean that's 
And she got pretty by getting glasses. (laughs) I know. Which was the joke. But yeah, that was really, um, uh, that's so unexpected that there was no way. Uh, And there was also, they also didn't do a, a, um, quite as much of a like setup for that reveal. No, no. She was just kind of there. Whereas like the Dr. Dan bit was so obviously set up. Yeah. Um, but that was half the fun. <laughs> yes. And, and, and the Jason Bateman bit where you didn't see his face for a bit. Oh, you're like, Oh, this is going to be a famous cameo now. Yeah. And there is also a problem with the, um, the ex partner cameo in that, um, that Kevin Hart's character recognizes him, even though he's never actually seen him. He's yes. only heard stories about him. Yeah. That really bothered me as soon as that. There's a lot of stuff like that in this movie where I was like, that's not, I mean, in an action movie, that would really annoy me, stuff like that, because I'm like, this, that's so ridiculous. They shoot at each other from other sides of it, a bridge and miss each other completely when The Rock's been shown to be like this really badass agent. There's a whole lot of shooting that happens when no, and no one actually gets killed in it. Like they're, they're Nobody seen gets in the, killed in the whole movie. No, in the office as well, when they are when they shoot up the office, yeah. everyone, all the people, have disapp- all the workers have basically disappeared and they haven't gotten far because Dick comes back. <laughs> well, I don't know what his actual character name is, but anyway, Ryan Hansen comes back at the very end of it. But also there's shooting everywhere everyone is shooting at each other firstly there are civilians around and like nobody's getting killed like there are people getting injured but no one's get killed and the only people who get injured are the bad guys yeah like none of the innocent people you're sitting there watching it going there are innocent people everywhere and you're just going to shoot this place up and they do it a lot too they shoot at the um the uber driver Mm -hmm. and you're like you they wouldn't shoot at the uber driver they're not going to shoot at the uber driver but he gets away so i know but that's the thing is that it it totally defangs guns in this like mm. there's no kind of and and when they do get shot the two main characters get shot and they're fine like it's there's no stakes mm. there's no stakes to this movie no i mean i know it's a comedy but there's just no there's no fangs in this there's no there's no threat no there's no point at which and you think oh something bad is going yeah to happen. and the defanging of guns as well is probably concerning when you think about it in the broader picture of the fact that they're all walking around with guns and shooting everywhere and all this kind of posturing that in real life would be very very dangerous i forgot my one of my other favorite jokes in the movie which is really early on when he's um on facebook and he gets a facebook friend request from bob and the page is just like where am I from? Anywhere, USA, or whatever it is, any town, mm. USA. And he's got his interests, and it's guns, cinnamon pancakes, unicorns. <laughs> I cracked. And up. that's I enough that to make. So funny. That's enough to make um, Calvin accept the friend request immediately. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He looked at the he looked at the likes, and it's like, oh, he can't be that bad if he likes guns, cinnamon pancakes, and unicorns. <laughs> Of course, that's how I choose my Facebook friends. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it just, it made me laugh so much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, my sense of humor is weird. Like that and the the pajamas gag were like my favorite things in the movie, you know. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of scenes that I thought were genuinely really funny. I didn't like the, um, the marriage counseling one quite as much. Yeah, um, and I really wish we could have seen, I feel like the wife was really putting in everything, but it's this role that so often you like gets, in these movies and at the end of it Kevin Hart's like you're the most important thing in my life and I want to come back to you and I'm like if you were going to establish that you got to show her more mm. like well, you've I mean, got there, to there do is... more with these characters if you're going to say that they're the most important people well there is the bit where they threaten to arrest her and he immediately picks her over the rock so there is that bit no but, but that's not what I mean I mean they actually have to show their relationship as being mm. a good relationship they have to show what they're like together because the only stuff that we see with her is like they have they're having an argument mm. at the um because the celebration for the kid who got promoted the cute yeah uh guy who got promoted is next to them um and he's cranky and then it's all lying to your wife 
like, haha, it's so funny stuff. And then it's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And she's, I think she established herself quite well as and an interesting, fun character. he doesn't actually do a lot of lying to his wife either. The Rock is downstairs with him getting him to do something on the computer and obviously she's in bed or whatever. Like, she's not even at the house. No, no, no. The rest of it, when uh, they tell him to. Uh, oh, no, no. He he, they don't her. tell. The, well, they don't. They just kind of tell him to not tell her. And then there's only one scene no, of them in the marriage counselling. First he lies to her when they're going to marriage counselling. He's like, are you okay? And he goes, yeah, I'm fine. Nothing's wrong after he's just escaped on the motorbike. So, yep, I'm just sorry. I've just realized something about myself. I didn't even think of that as lying. That's the kind of thing I would do when I'm actually not fine. I would just be like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Um, That didn't read as lying to me, but whoops, that's my problem. Yeah, no, no he did not, lie. It's not quite like that, though. It's more like he's he's clearly hiding, like, mm. this is not a, a, you know, are you okay? Something stressful happened, but yeah, I'm fine yeah. kind of thing. This is a, like... Oh, the guy who stayed in our house is... Um, mm, but is- I did find the plot of, like, your life getting a bit stale and you're stressed about going to your high school reunion kind of relatable. So did I, but I just don't think... I, that's not... It's it's her that I was concerned with. Like, she doesn't... They don't give her enough time. They don't give the relationship enough mm. time for us to really connect with it. We're just expected to connect with it because she's his wife yeah. and they say I love you a few times but we don't get to any sense of like and they- she also doesn't in the in the high school thing she also is the only other person in the whole crowd who doesn't laugh at yes. the kid yeah but are they supportive of each other what are they mm. like together do they tell jokes do they banter are they like what what do they what is their relationship like? Mm. We don't get to see that. Well no we get cuz we get to see them at the point where it's all falling apart. Right. Yeah. You've got to establish that in order for us to have a feeling about it at the end of the movie. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, they just don't, they do this a lot. It's always like this, you know, she's a cool, supportive, great lady, um, but that's it. Mm. And he's done nothing in the whole movie to kind of... And there's clearly something going on there, like they're 38 and they haven't, like they've been together since high school and they haven't had any kids and he talks about that and that's obviously something he realises is important. And uh, that was also like, we didn't really get, that until the plane bit where he's mm. they fake crash and he's like I really want to have a kid. No, no, no. There's a there's a tiny bit of setup for that when they're having drinks. Mm, yeah, together. yeah. About how she oh she ended up in law school and we did this and we did this and, and we just never got to it. Yeah, and and he's like, do you have any kids? And he's like, oh no, that's not part of our lives, sort of a thing. But it isn't a major focus of the movie until they decide to. That's the sort of like that kind of thing getting brushed aside and and. Her it character just seems like it's clearly written by a man. If you manage, if you think married people get to thirty-eight and haven't thought about having children yet, like, I mean, really, it's not just that. <laughs> anyway. It's also clearly written by a man because he doesn't like, and they do kind of make the women interesting, but they don't have any. There's nothing from the women's point of view at all. No, no, they're just like characters who've been who have female names almost. Yeah, or the or wife, a stock character, it's the wife, or like, yeah. And and it's not there's nothing from like their kind of their um perspective perspective or their their agency doesn't really come into the movie yeah except no. for like uh, the the CIA lady as plot points because yeah. that's why that that rang false to me like a 38 year old woman has really never just like they've just accidentally not had children even though they've all been together all this time or it implies that they have talked about it and he just doesn't like mm. we just don't get to see any yeah. of that which again is is like, marginalized I'm pretty her. sure that she'd have a different perspective on that conversation. Right, and it is again just marginalizing her, and that's that's what happens with the wife character mm. a lot. Um, that's just a bit frustrating. That's all. Mm. <laughs> um, it's not yeah. like a major issue with the movie, but it it's only a major issue in that it's it's you know repeating this trope that we see all the time. Yeah, um, and I'd like to see that improved, especially in a movie that's kind of more open minded like this one is. Yeah, and it's largely sort of 
kind and good spirited. And, you know, fun buddy comedy. I also like that this is, um, he, uh, Kevin Hart is like the typical straight man in one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Even if that, that opening scene was so, so, so overstated and like so kind of obvious mm. that I, I thought it was funny some of the time, but some of the time I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. Well, it was so awkward as well. Like it was just to the point of corniness. Like mm. you're just like, mm, yeah, there's no way to be this obvious. Like bullying like everybody, is – Everybody – no, bullying everybody loves this Calvin. Clear. But it's the, there's that. There's also everybody loves Calvin so much. Yeah. Like such a ridiculous extent. Bob is so bullied to such a ridiculous extent. Yeah. Um, and so – it just, it is really kind of it, it oversimplified, is oversimplified, and and they could do it, and and I get that that was the joke, but it's also kind of cringy, and the rest of the movie is not like that. No, but I I think that, and and Kevin Hart was a fairly typical kind of straight man in this situation, but Bob was such an unusual character. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've seen a movie with a character like Bob in it before because he's like he's so kind of such a weirdo Mm. like his likes are so specific and he has no problem with expressing them all the time he loves Mm. breakfast club and twilight and and like unicorns and all this stuff that's really feminine this is the second movie to reference roadhouse in like three weeks but but which is by the way an actually terrible movie and you guys can come at me that is that movie i love 80s nostalgia bad movies that movie is dreadful anyway um but yeah no he is, and also has one of the weirdest gay line jokes that I've ever seen in a movie. And there's, there's also, I think, like a interesting kind of sub story there about Bob, um, like not having friends or family, having real trouble connecting with people. So when he does connect with someone, he kind of like overdoes, overdoes it. it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's, I just think it's really funny and sweet and interesting that yeah. they went and and he's just so. He's never kind of made fun of for that in the movie. Like, he is just this guy. And it's just really, it's really, really unusual to see a character like that. It so took me by surprise that I was just delighted for the first, like, whole three, four scenes that he was in that this is a character that exists, you know? Yeah, well, see, that it kind of touches on one of the problems I have with his character, which is that he has, he kind of pushes boundaries and I, and I know in the movie it's meant to be a bit fun. It's meant to be that Calvin's stuck in his comfort zone. He needs to be pushed out of his comfort zone a bit. But he kind of pushes his boundaries. Like he's never – he never really asks for permission. He asks for forgiveness all the time. Yes. And that is – but that – I mean, I feel like though that's a character flaw. Like you can't have a character that's if, – if Bob didn't have that character no, flaw, no. he would be a little bit yeah, too – Yeah, but, but I, I'm just saying that I – yes, I enjoyed that he that he's, he's different, but that's what what also annoyed me about him. Yeah. I think that's great. I think that yeah. the fact that there's like two sides to this personality is terrific. You know that he- yeah, and the o- the like over loving bit that's and all that would also be hard. I think to cope yeah. with. Yeah, I'm a hugger. Yeah, okay, bye. <laughs> that stuff yeah. is like all kind of part and parcel of who he is. Yeah, I, I is still really unusual for a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you know plot necessity that he has to kind of drag Calvin along and Calvin can't actually say that he wants to be in until later on and yeah. all that sort of stuff is a, is a plot necessity and but to make that like to to make that plot necessity part of who Bob is kind of works really well I really like that I, I like that it's the rock as well who in things like um in things like Hercules and and um San Andreas he can be quite like um it, it's not like those characters which are very kind of very particular man. Well, it's a very particular version of masculinity as mm-hmm. well as like, um, you know, big strong man as savior. And this time he's like a big strong man, but he's got that, that's like the whole savior personality, the, the macho stuff isn't there. 
in the same way? Well, yeah, I, I think in San Andreas we actually talked about how he wasn't that because there's there's these bits of that movie where like he's extra vulnerable and he cries and he's the bit in the plane, yeah, yeah. And, but I think when we talked about San Andreas, we actually particularly said that we liked that he wasn't that kind of macho. Mm. Well, Savior th- guy. That's, but yeah, and the rock and the, the does some definitely in- like that. But. but the rock does some interesting stuff with examining like masculinity and toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. which he's really good at. But this is him the, and Terry Crews. Yeah, but this time he's really overtly like moving. It, it, he's not just examining it like by by playing a character who you think is that way, but isn't. He's like moved away from. He's playing a different type of character. Mm. Well, it's a different kind type of character to anybody that I've seen in any mm. of these movies. Yep. You know, it's just. Like he, he and I think it's true. There's this bit that Jason Bateman says while he's being mean that he says um, he's always going to be the fat kid. Like, mm-hmm. the, and and yeah. I think that informs that character so much as being like he's never actually used to being the big buff guy. Never. Like he's always slightly awkward and weird and and. You know, um, he expects people not to like him, and he he's and he developed a specific set of interests based around what he was into, not b- because he didn't really have many friends. Right, exactly, and and all of that stuff is in like you don't tend to see this kind of level of thinking out a character mm. in a lot of things. You know, it it's usually characters to serve the plot, but everything in this movie is kind of informed by that character and who he is, which mm. is really clever surprisingly clever writing for a comedy like this mm-hmm. and and i think calvin to a certain extent is but and and both of them have changed in quite extreme ways yeah but you can really see that journey more in the rock i think than in calvin who yeah. like who eh, kind of sort of um uh, he has these uh complexes because he used to be so popular and now he sees his life as not being that great mm-hmm. but it's not quite it doesn't quite inform all of his um, behavior as much. No. His behavior is much more like the nerdy accountant than the formerly cool guy who turned into a nerdy accountant. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Because he's so, like, scared of everything and all that sort of stuff. hmm Anyway. But I also, like, there are weird things with this movie where sometimes it, inver- it, it subverts your expectations and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like, he tries to do the golden jet flip again at the end of the movie and he still fails. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was a setup for the distraction thing, which we knew, but still... Yeah, like, but that was good though because you, you know, if in a more conventional movie he would have been he would have done the flip and it would have come off and he would have he would have saved his friend. Right, it would have been his big heroic moment. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, and it and, works better as a comedy, but also as like a a character thing. But then the Jason Bateman scene, where I was like, oh, they're actually subverting the expectations by making him genuinely sorry. Mm-hmm. They completely pull that back away from you. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that was slightly. And he eventually, does get punched out. Yeah, but but still, that was like I was slightly disappointed that the scene went that yeah, way. Yeah, I actually I was too because that thing where he walk he he walks away, and um from his bully and the bully is still a bully and he's just walked away and he's like I don't like it. It, it felt like a victory. Like I don't need that guy anymore. Um, that's interesting, was, but that's not what I was talking about. Oh, <laughs> um, I was talking about before that when he was like. No, the Jason Bateman character was oh, like, I'm he, genuinely he, sorry. And yes. I was like, oh, my God, they're showing a bully genuinely apologizing to somebody. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really progressive and interesting. And then they pulled that out, yeah. that rug out and from under that you. also, like, I, I think it, it actually would have been nice to have a moment like that at a high school reunion because I think that's actually what does happen is that people grow up and they realize that things are different. Not everybody does, of course, but 
Um, it would have been nice. But I, but when it didn't go that way, I actually really liked that he walked away. And the when he punched him in the end, I was kind of like that it doesn't was feel of, like a, a it, victory. That, no, it doesn't feel like it. And it was just like, huh, well, yeah, okay. Um, I, it almost would have been nicer for him to just kind of you know ignore him and walk past him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And like. You know, then Kevin Hart could punch him, I suppose. If he yeah, to. move him out of the um, way, or, or or like, you know, the other people tell him off, or yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. I I didn't really feel that. Which either. is kind of what like, and and there's a sweet bit, of course, in that scene where Kevin Hart stands up for his friend by, in whatever way he can, by rubbing his hands all over the door. <laughs> it's like Joanne, get the Windex. I do think it's really uh, interesting the way that they h- highlighted Kevin Hart's uh, height or lack thereof in this movie as well. Um, and I, I think that's do part have to of admit, his I laughed at nearly every one of those jokes. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's his shtick. Like, is it ever, I haven't seen much of him, but everything I've seen of him is him making fun of his own height. Yes. Um, Not that but, he's that short. Like, he's probably as tall as we are, but, you know, compared to The Rock. I don't think he is as tall as we are. I think he's quite short. Um, I will Google. <laughs> um, but, yeah, what was I going to say? I, no, I, I liked the way that they made fun of his height in this movie because mm. there's, like, there's a joke that he makes about, like, Asian dicks being small mm-hmm. and then they use that as a joke against him and like call him out for it. This is the thing where people get punished for like, you know, being yeah. nasty. He gets that as well from um, Kumail Nanjiani when he's in the movie mm-hmm. um, in yeah. his little, in his great little cam- <laughs> That was amazing. That was an amazing line. Yeah. Yep. This is my buddy Snake Gyllenhaal was like one of the funniest things in the movie. As okay. Well. He's less tall than me, but about your height. Is he? How tall is he? 1.63 metres. I don't know what that is in feet. I don't know metres. Five foot four. So he's about your your height. I'm, yeah, I'm slightly, he's like hobbit height. I'm Mm. slightly taller than than some of the hobbits, if I remember correctly. But yes, standing next to the rock, it's comedic. Yeah, The effect of the two of them standing next to each other. There's actually quite a few shots in this movie. Um, For the most part, it's very, very standard. Like it's all, you know, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, long shot kind yep, of stuff. Yep. It's very straightforward. But uh, there's a couple of shots. There's one where they're walking through the high school, their old high school, and the rock just fills the whole frame. <laughs> and then he slowly moves out of the frame. Doesn't just like, it's not just f- once for comedic effect. Mm. It's a very slow kind of, he eventually is part of the frame and, yep. and Kevin Hart shows up in the frame. I really liked that. And there were a few bits like that I thought were really, mm. they really used the rock's um, size in a really clever way a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, that I thought was funny. Yeah. I actually quite liked the look of this movie. It's very clean looking. Yep, and it's bright and nicely lit. This is actually the second movie about the CIA I've watched this weekend. I watched Jason Bourne on Friday night. <laughs> and I, uh, it's just, it, yeah, those movies used to be groundbreaking, but they are not anymore. And also the st- the like shaky cam was just ridiculous and you can't see what's going on. But this one, everything was bright and light and colourful and I knew what was going on. Yeah. And it, it um. And I think it, it's all, all the better for the way it actually happens in, like, bright, sunny suburbia. Yeah. Like, I um, do too. Well, I mean, that's that's what this movie is. I mean, this movie is kind of like the, I want to say true lies <laughs> format of spy movie. Yeah. You know, like, it's all about, like, comparing that to real people's lives mm-hmm. or real comedy people. Yeah. Not real, like, re- char- no. real comedy movie characters. But still, like, um, this, you know, he's in his house and he's, uh, which is, by the way, an incredibly nice house. Yeah, but, but that's like, the point, though. It's like beautiful and well decorated, and uh, and and obviously uh, he really he does have quite you know a nice life. And it, but it's a nice house in a nice suburb, and these are a nice couple. These are nice people, and then they you know they respectable. Yeah, respectable. But even like 
you know, even when they're sort of driving around, it's always out in the daylight. There's there's like one one point at which Kevin Hart gets pulled into a you know a black van, and then oh that was that was another bit that I really liked because his face. When he gets pulled, like, yeah, there's yeah. no kind of, oh, my God, what are you doing here? And there's no kind of, get away from me. He just kind of goes, oh, oh. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, so funny. Which is what, but he, it's it's a very good impression of, like, a normal, respectable, nice person having his day messed up. Yeah. He's just kind of really this again. Yeah. And these are guys like, you know, they could, they pose a threat that he could really overdo that moment. And I think that the way that they did it was really yeah, nicely just kind of looks underdone. <laughs> Even when there's one scene they go into like a, like an abandoned warehouse in the Uber and even that is well lit. And then they and, and all, then they then they end up in these car chases which are all on like these wide suburban streets which are well lit and everything else. Most of it takes place in daylight. Like you don't actually get to the dark until we until we get to Boston at the end and even the parking garage is really well lit. And then there's this final scene on this bridge with these beautiful twinkling fairy lights. The super romantic bit. I yeah. really thought that that was going to be like some kind I, – I mean I thought that was going to – they were going to play on how romantic that looked, but they didn't at all. No, no, it it just, just, but it looked so romantic. It cracked me up. Just the backdrop. I think it's a famous park in Boston, the Commons. I'm sure it is, um, but it still looks super romantic for that particular showdown to be happening. Yeah, like, and oh, and then the end though, like he literally. Oh, this is weird too. The Rock actually rips the guy's throat out and throws him over the bridge. Yeah, and that was, nothing else is ever made of that. Like this is. I mean, I get that he's a bit of a loose cannon, but whoa. That well, that reminded me of the gags in um, the, you know, the gag in the heat when they do the the throat thing where he can't breathe, somebody oh, can't God, breathe. Oh God, yes, yes. And then in um, in Spy, um, they have another one like that. Yeah, yeah. where the throat dissolves, and they're yeah. like the only violent moments in those yeah, two movies, and they're so incredibly yeah, violent. There's a apparently like in his hand. Apparently, like throat violence is all the rage these days in comedies yeah. and and like it's to- it's set up like he says i'll rip your throat out but he actually does it and it uh, it seems like well i mean yes loose cannon but also not really you know like nice guy who's just got caught up in a bit of trouble kind of character either well he's never been the nice guy who's been caught in caught up in trouble bob he's a cia agent right but he's like a good cia agent who's caught up in this mess he's not like <sighs> Yeah, but he still shoots people and stuff. Right. And he loves guns. I mean, I don't think that he's exactly opposed to violence. Do you, actually, do you think? Because we were talking before about, like, the guns are really defanged in this and the real violence actually happens without a gun. Like, isn't that maybe they realize that the guns are not the useful tool to show visceral violence, so they actually, when they make something violent, they make it really violent. I don't know. I don't know what that choice is about. It's weird. Um, it's a weird but like, choice. Uh, uh, clearly, the Rock is the real um, weapon in this movie, and they kind mm. of show that several times. He is very—he very easily takes apart guns and things like that. I think that's kind of more the point: is that he's the weapon. Mm-hmm. But that's not a—that's not true. He's not bulletproof. Mm. Um, but also, um, <laughs> just that nobody can shoot. Well, nobody. Yeah, that's a, nobody, nobody in this shoots, movie can shoot at all, except when they have to. And and like the Rock shoots. Um, Kevin Hart, like, on the side of the neck so it doesn't hurt him, but it looks like he's been killed to the other people to, you know, protect him. That bit where I was Shut literally me. like, oh, no, they killed the main character. <laughs> um, it was It's so, so blatantly obvious what he was doing. But, like, yeah, I do think that the main plot was kind of a little bit undercooked. Mm. It was so uh, very easy and so kind of 
um, the, uh, this is about the comedy and about the chemistry and stuff like that, yeah, rather and than. It, and they do have good. They were really great together. I was surprised by how mm-hmm. how funny and well, and well they lift a pretty they were. subpar plot. Yes, uh, you know, to to be something quite fun. Yeah, but yeah, I I was a bit disappointed because I found it so predictable, like so predictable. Mm. Um, there was even a bit where I was like, oh, they're going to steal a plane. And they said, "Oh, we have to steal a plane." Mm-hmm. Like there, there's just so many bits where it was, it was, even little things were very predictable. Um, yeah. yeah, but it was fun. Yeah, it was. Anyway, um, should we give ratings? Yes, we should give ratings. Um, I, you go first. I'm thinking about three and a half and four. I'm, I'm actually just going to give it three. Okay, because I know, I know. Even though I had so much fun, I know that it wasn't a great work of cinema. It was just a fun thing. It's, it's pretty much what I give all of the Rocks movies. <laughs> I am, no, I'm going to go three and a half. I mean, I think it, it, the plot was pretty pedestrian, but I also think that there's something quite um, subversive and almost revolutionary about having all these comedies that are um, not insulting and not offensive and like ha- have like two black men as the leads where it's not like really kind of macho and, and um, there's a lot of examination of that kind of masculinity and stuff. I just, it, yeah. it, there's something quite, different about yeah. that that's really significantly different to a lot of other movies like this. I mean, I can't see Will Smith doing this. No. You know what I mean? I can't. <laughs> oh, did you, did you hear that shade, that line? You're like a black, black Will Smith. Smith. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. See, now I feel bad. Now I feel like I want to give it an extra half a point just to kind of, you know, because for trying, right? It's um, not just for trying. Because but it is better than San Andreas and other stuff that, that he's done. Well, I mean, it is funnier. <laughs> well, I'm I'm trying to compare it not so much to the rock movies, uh, to as to like buddy com- male buddy comedy movies mm. is what I'm kind of looking at, especially yep. male buddy buddy comedy movies with black leads. Yeah, which there are not a lot there of. There are really no, and, and usually it's one black guy and one white guy, and and mm. all that sort of stuff. But this movie also kind of it doesn't like that a lot of the tropes of that genre just aren't present in this one. Like a lot of the negative tropes, a lot of mm-hmm. the positive tropes are here, like the fun, you know, bromance stuff. And for mm-hmm. some time they don't get along and, and um, all that sort of thing. But, and the heart of the idea is still there, Yep. but they do it in such a different way. Mm-hmm. Like I, I rewatched Tango and Cash on TV recently, mm-hmm. um, which again is very weird because it's very homophobic. But then there's a whole section where Kurt Russell is just hanging around in drag. But anyway, uh, they're so reliant on that kind of humor. Yeah. Most of the time. And this movie is not, mm-hmm. doesn't do that. And I was really impressed. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, well, on that note, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to re- uh, read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Central Intelligence, or of any other movies that she watches. I'm so, so far behind. You can find them on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we are facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens on Tumblr, tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com and at screen underscore queens on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.